Man, we're getting old when you're sitting here talking about your sciatica pains and gout and whatever else you got. Gout is only from beer, I've decided at this point. So, so much for craft beers. Oh, well. No, so I have a feeling I've had like a stress fracture in my foot for like over a year. From uh, kicking ass and taking names too much? You know it. (laughs) But I was worried it was gout at first, but they say gout, like you feel it in your toes, right? Oh, man, it... It's literally just like the skin is stretched tight as it can be, and there's an internal pressure, almost like someone took a bulb and blew it up. And if your toe bends either direction, it doesn't feel good. Well, thank you, because now I know I don't have gout. Oh, man. (sighs) At least, um, oh, what was it, the kind of beer? I think I told you. Is it IPA or a stout or? No, um... You've been drinking that High Life too much? <laughs> no, I think those beers are fine. It's, um... I don't know. You, let's just have you taste a bunch of beer and figure out which one gives you gout. Those fruit beers. What? They're like fruity. Like a sour IPA? Or like a ghost? I think or? it was a sour beer. Okay. I think it was sours, yeah. Somebody sent me one. It, it, it wrecked the foot. Note to everyone. It was, what are those things Yamada gave us? Weren't those sours? Well, no, it was a, a like a blackberry wine beer okay is that similar to a sour no oh that's what it was oh it was a fruity beer yeah. so fruity beers <clears throat> get you getting old sucks tell you what just thankful i got the you know hair on my head i'm thankful i got it on my chin <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? It is a great day. Nashville Cocktail Festival is this week. We're going to be going and learning about some interesting things that we don't know anything about. In cocktails, I'm very excited for this week. I'm excited for the kickoff party on Tuesday, which this will be coming out Wednesday, so you'll hear about it on Monday of next week. But the kickoff party on Tuesday, there's the the dinner at Husk on Thursday, there's all the weekend events that people should be going to. Don't forget your, uh, your, your, your tiki. My tiki event on Saturday. I'm very excited for the tiki event. Yeah, I heard through Grapevine you might have spent this past weekend uh, shopping Tommy Bahama shirts. <laughs> they don't have Tommy Bahama shirts that fit me. Well, you sew two together. <laughs> you you really want to see me like human centipede myself. Well, you know, you can actually do this up now that I think about it and get two of like similar prints of the Bahama looking shirts, but completely different color schemes so that when it's, you know, sewed together in the back because they're button downs, people are going to be like, what in the, you know... I think this is this is going somewhere, John. I, I think we can make this happen. So it's like crisscross to the extreme? Well, not really crisscross. We wouldn't be front to back. It's just you would literally have two different shirts that have been cut somewhere towards the middle of the back, then sewn together so that one side would be, you know, same print but different sets of colors compared to the other. I don't know. My problem is I put a shirt on and I always think I look good in the mirror and then I see a picture of myself and I'm like, I need to hit the treadmill. Kind of like that day you were trying to look sexy in front of me and Bob Little? 
I always look sexy in front of you and Bob Little. <laughs> it's like my life's mission to look sexy in front of you and Bob Little. So that's why when I walked in that day, Bob, uh-uh. You've been dying to tell the... It doesn't... It's not even funny. Oh, I got out of the shower. Bob, uh-uh. No, you it's didn't Zeke. say uh-uh. You I'll put some pants on. Hold on. Here's the thing. So all you, just like he was trying to misconstrue that story he told about Alex the other day, because Alex did tell me what really happened. That when you what happened. When you forgot and then you looked things up on Google and then tried to play it off back to him like you remembered. Actually, he gave me credit for that today earlier and said he took the, the comment back because he asked me something and I knew the answer. Proof. I need proof. It's in but, the messages. What had happened was I was upstairs getting ready, knowing that they were going to come over and knowing that we were going over to Pennington's after they came over. And I yelled down. I said, hello, no answer. Bob, no answer. Zeke, no answer. Hey, is anyone down there? Then you said some dumbass comment like you always do. And I said, oh, Zeke, it's you. Let me put some pants on. I'll be right down. I just got out of the shower. I still just wonder, what if it had been Bob? If it had been Bob, it would be, hold on, I just got out of the shower. Let me put some <laughs> pants on. I'll be right down. You right. want this? I mean, I know you want it to be funny, and I'm happy to play along with the joke, but it wasn't that funny. I thought it was hilarious. You think everything is hilarious. That's a good way to get through life. I, I wish I could do it. Well, while we're on the notes of a... Our topic of housekeeping items, I'll, I'll go through a few things that have popped up recently. Well, wait, before we get into that, sorry. Nashville Cocktail Festival is this week. There are still tickets available. It's NashvilleCocktailFestival.com. Go on. You can get single event tickets or you can get a weekend pass. Go ahead and check it out. We will be there. Come find us. Zeke, you have housekeeping items. Yeah, so I did get busted on this one pretty good. One of our friends from the speakeasy, uh, Adam Pritchard, was asking about, we're talking about the uh, the saffle and the turkey episode. He simply said, well, by the way, how do you pronounce Lily? And I was like, oh, got me there pretty good, bud. Thanks thanks for the busting. Well, I told you I went directly to the, the Campari rep and he confirmed it. Oh, I know. It's just, you know, you read the message and so you say it to yourself, like, how do you pronounce you know, quote unquote, Lily. I was like, huh, guess it would make sense if you say Lily to say Lillard. <sighs> Once you, again, Zeke and enunciation issues. You don't call it Lolly? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will from now on. There were some pretty l- l- lollies. <laughs> Everybody's going to think that you're talking about like a lollipop. I'll just look real slow and do it. Other uh, uh, random fun tidbit I thought was. Nice and fitting uh, regarding the last episode and the uh, the blind we had from Brunt. He went on to let me know that on the Four Roses Morganelli pick amongst a whole bunch of locals, there'd been a, a fairly fair amount of contention over whether it was a really good pour, whether it was spicy or not. So he got a pretty good kick out of the fact that you and I also had the same uh, discussion and similar opposite opinions on, I remember you said it was hot and I was like, I didn't get any heat out of this at all. And you're like, where, where are you getting this from? I'm like... It's hot. I, like it, it felt like the best way I could describe it. And I was talking to somebody about it today. The best way I could describe it. Everybody knows I love Four Roses. But it was like I had a hot piece of pizza and all the cheese burnt my mouth. Ooh, that's not fun. Especially when the grease gets in there. They know. But no, it's funny. That's the first thing he said to me. I was like, man, like seriously? <laughs> Last uh, but not least from that one as well. Different conversation with our buddy uh, John Tanica. 
we were uh, laughing because I sent him a sample of the, uh, was it one in the century pick or the, the rare yeah. bird pick? He had it. And right after we did the show, we were messaging. And I laughed. I said, man, like John and I both have loved that pick. I said, and we both just completely woofed on it in a blind. I was like, I think I missed it even harder than John did. I was just completely out of it. And he's like, yeah, you know, this is a great pick. He said, but honestly, I don't know if I could ever pick it up in a blind. So that kind of got, you know, the gear spinning and thinking, because admittedly we both have and still will give it, you know, plenty of high accolades as one of our better picks in the past year. It was our favorite pick of yeah. last year. It almost makes you kind of wonder sometimes, is it everything that's in the pick or is it the things that it's missing that make it stand out compared to everything? You know, it, it had some of the sweet on the front, but also had some spice in the back, but both were balanced, had a great viscosity, you know, similar to the, the Saffle blend. And then also, you know, the back end of the, the you know, tasting profile does have a little bit of, you know, turkey funk for those of us that have been fortunate enough to have some. Maybe not the old, old stuff, but it's there for sure. I think the interesting thing in that blind is that he sent us a couple of picks that were very off profile. So that Weller pick was a very off profile Weller pick. The one in a century that bottle literally is one in a century. There is not another one like it. That's one of the cool things about doing these blinds and, and why we taste things blind. Because it eliminates all bias. We know it's a turkey. Like when we are drinking one in a century. Now sometimes, I'm about to backtrack for a second. We love tasting things blind. Other times it's good to know. Like when you're drinking one in a century and you know what a Russell's Reserve should taste like, and then you have that one and you go, that's different, you're kind of like, oh. So it's one of those things where sometimes in a crowd, it's just so good Mm -hmm. in the sense of there's not any highs or lows in it, that it's not going to stand out of a crowd, but it is an amazing pick. It's fun to see it both sides of things, right? Where you can see how it stacks up against other stuff. But because when we're expecting one thing from Bryant, we were expecting turkeys and we're expecting four roses. <laughs> and when those are off-profile picks, you kind of get taken aback. And then once you get to take the blinders off and actually reevaluate everything where it was, you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I missed the you know I I've been rambling now for two minutes but you get what I mean oh yeah and I, I definitely agree with a sometimes the blind does hinder you because instead of a, you know looking between the the yellow lines you, you're pretty much in between the white lines if not even the dishes beyond that sometimes yeah we were in the shoulder of the highway right there coming back surface the, roads yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun I mean we love doing those blind tastings when you all send us some stuff we have more zeke's going to want to make sure i say that we are going to get to them a lot of times when we do those blinds admittedly we spend a lot of time on it because we care so that's like an hour of us just sitting around with each one of those before we even start hitting record as we are sampling through everything going back and forth seeing where we rank them seeing the tasting notes we get so we like to spend a good 10 to 15 minutes on each whiskey. Easily. And if Zeke's nosing, you know, it's 30 minutes. I've gotten better about that. I've, I've tamed it down a lot. I know. You've, we still haven't done the, the nose off with Dan Blair. One day. One day. It is going to be a bearded dram, mustached man <laughs> nose off. <laughs> Whole lots of facial hair involved there. Good, th- good filters. 
Once Barrels and Brews opens up, maybe we'll do it then. We'll do it at Barrels and Brews. We'll get a little popcorn machine. Everybody will be eating popcorn, watching you two nose off. <laughs> Friday night fights. I mean, it's getting warm weather. Maybe we get those uh, those Duncan things, uh, the Duncan booth thing. You know, if you throw the balls and if you hit the uh, the spot, a person drops in the water. If you get it wrong on the nose, yeah. you drop in the water. Boom. <laughs> I think I'm just waiting for like for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching at home. <laughs> Let's get ready to sniff it. I knew I knew I was gonna make you crack up on that one. <laughs> Look out, John! Your uh, your DMs are gonna be blowing up for that. You'll get all kinds of requests. <laughs> I did get a message. Uh, I did get a message about the Red Rocket, and, and they <laughs> said my dog is in the car with me, and I can't let him listen to this episode. <laughs> this is a very special episode for you and I, because I have decided to blind you. You do not know what we are drinking right now. I know what we're drinking right now. This is one that we have been meaning to get to. For the people listening, they will already know what we are drinking because it is in the title of the episode. But Zeke right now does not know what we're drinking. So to catch you up, I poured us two glasses. We've gone through. We've given tasting notes. I know what we have. Zeke does not know what we have. We are going to go through tasting notes, and then we will do the big reveal, and then I'll tell you more about this whiskey. So, Zeke, tell me what you got. Nose-wise, first, it seemed very minerally, just that kind of flavor you'd get from, I won't say vitamins, because it wasn't like a kid's chewable vitamin or a flavored one, much more just earthy, rocky minerals. I don't know if you've ever been over like a whale or something like that. So it wasn't 10 million strong and growing? No. Beyond that, really seemed to hit hard on the milled corn. If you've ever done that, you know, where you take just literally the corn, I guess, grain and work it with a piece of wood in the little wood bowl, uh, much like a mortar and pestle kind of style thing. Really seemed like a sawmill to me. And, and literally just like fresh cut boards, still kind of the dust flying around in the air. And that was pretty much where I went with the nose from, you know, a few sniffs in front to back kind of thing. Palette-wise, first it had a light burn, then a, a faint young corn profile popped up a little bit. And then it just, you know, kind of moved into an astringency mode. As I had a few more sips and, you know, became a little more acclimated with it, felt like there was a little bit of a, a forced Heath Bar flash profile in there, but it literally was a flash and then the alcohol just overtook it. At some point, I did have it with water and not the sense of adding water to the glass. Inversely, took a sip of water, didn't quite clean everything out, and then took a sip of this. So I'm not sure what the, how much it was diluted, but it definitely made things much more palatable. It seemed to be sweeter. The vanilla showed through some. And it just felt like the sugars in there weren't quite caramelized or cooked enough you could tell everything was there and i guess it almost be you know say you're baking a pastry or some candies or something and it's supposed to cook for 45 minutes in the oven this only probably been in there about 15 would have given it 30 somewhere though i mean you, you could you could tell the process had been started but it just hadn't fully uh, you know catalyzed through so before i go through i won't tell you what it is yet but i will tell you it was finished in a brandy cask the nose for me, I thought it was very sweet. There was some corn and citrus behind that, that sweetness. 
I wonder if it was the age or the brandy cask that was bringing in the corn and the citrus for me. Definitely got like a vanilla extract, not vanilla, but like that pure vanilla extract. Pear, sweet and fruity, slight bit of raisins in there on the nose too. I know the guys over at Breaking Bourbon got that too, but I definitely got some raisin on it. I taste the brandy first and foremost with a citrus, vanilla, oak, dark fruit. The spice builds nicely and it's certainly on point. It's not too spicy. It's not not enough spicy. That's incorrect English, but <laughs> slight bit of chocolate I got in there as well. Like you, hints of candy. The finish is dark, oaky, fruity finish. It lingers a decent amount. They're just, you know, when I say citrus in here and that corn, it's that youth. So overall, I think it has the makings for a very good whiskey. I wonder how long it was aged because I will tell you right now, this is non-age stated. So I wonder how long it was aged in which cask as well. Because it was obviously aged originally and then put into brandy casks. So you wonder what's the what's the proportion there? How long for each of them? Yeah, and definitely. I would say is on the younger side of the aged coin. I would guess to that tone. I, I do think it's you know interesting. Even though I don't know what this product is yet, it, it seems somewhat of a, a market trend these days to take young juice and finish it in brandy, sherry, any of these other wine products. And I feel like that's just a, a an impromptu way of, of, of showing some age or, or hiding the, the nuances that are there from it being a young whiskey. So I will tell you right now, here's the marketing side of it. This is Drop Time Spirits. And Len and Dave Eater, founders of Drop Time Spirits, are passionate outdoorsmen who have owned one of the largest bow hunting retailers for the past 20 years. And the only thing they are more passionate about than the outdoors is bourbon. They spent the past four years merging those two passions, and the result is drop tine spirits. So a drop tine deer is a rarely seen whitetail buck with one or more tines pointing down instead of up. So it's one of these things. It's an ode to hunting. It's also double barreled like a shotgun. So this is drop tine. Part of the rack? The, the, so it's the antlers. Part of the horns, yeah. Yeah. So some are pointing down. I've never heard it called a tine. If you remember, we were over at your B&B when we first got this. So you knew about this, and I actually Googled how to say tine. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that. Correctly. Either. Yeah, I've never seen that. I mean, I knew it that's from a, hunting. That's way too proper for the uh, folks in Chattooga County. I, I, knew, I knew it was hunting. I just forgot how to to say it. I mean, I always call it like, hey, look, the antler's pointing down. Yeah, antler of the horn. Yeah. Either way, this is Drop Time 12-point bourbon double-barreled. It is finished in brandy casks. It's 74% corn, 21% rye, and 5% malted barley. It is distilled and aged. It is not disclosed where it is distilled and aged, but I'm going to ask you to put your thinking hat on because it says, We first distill and age our bourbon in new charred oak barrels in America's heartland. 
Sounds like Indiana to oh, me. Oh, yeah. As soon as you said the mash bill, I'm like, yep, yeah, that sounds like one of the more common ones that uh, is getting run in Indiana pretty regular. We then send the barrels to California to be finished in the salt air of the Pacific in the finest brandy casks. Well, they got the salt out of there, maybe. And then it is Russian River Valley near Sonoma, California. So this actually gets sent out to wine country. It's aged in the brandy casks and the new casks. It's $55, 92 proof, 46% ABV. I don't think it drinks. It proof again? It is 92 proof. Wow. Or you didn't get it, but I got, I, I got a fair amount of heat off this. It could no, just, I got it just the use itself. I mean, I get like a stringency heat. It's not a rye. Oh, no, I got more of the spice. I mean, if anything, I got that 21% rye that, that built up nicely after that first sip. But again, this kind of goes back to the conversation we had about those four roses. Where you zigged and I zagged. Could have simply been that, you know, bone fracture in your foot. and it, You know, you're like a one-legged duck now. If it really is broken, you might take me out back behind the shed and put me out of my misery. I'm not digging that hole. God. <laughs> <laughs> we need a backhoe. I think it's interesting just because I haven't had too many brandy finishes. I had the Copper and Kings and some other brandies, but, you know, it's a unique finish and, and brandy is sweet. Brandy is married to whiskey in a lot of ways, so it is kind of natural, but I would like to see how this tastes after it sleeps a little bit more. Yeah, and the only thing I can really think of from the same as you, I had a ton of stuff, but definitely see more and more products emerging that by all accounts seem to be younger juice and folks literally just trying to finish it in something to give it more appeal. If nothing else, maybe just look good on the shelf and add something to the label. Uh, I, I don't know. The only things I've really found that from time to time seem to do well, and it was really only with certain whiskeys and mashes, um, some of the red wines really do kind of dull out the nuances and give it just a, a subtlety, uh, I guess more of a, a full-bodied warmth versus, you know, astringency and that, that kind of corn popping off and, and being hot. But it's definitely hit or miss. For me on this one, though, I liked a lot of the aspects of it. And this isn't a cop-out. This isn't me trying to make things better. You know, I like the way that the spice built. I like that it wasn't overly hot. You know, the spice was a nice compliment to me for the 92. It was not a high-proof whiskey, but it still had some spice and some heat to it. I liked many of the aspects of it from the way that it went from start to finish. If you take the citrus out... I would like it a lot more and be more inclined to buy a bottle. Right now, I'm going to say bar just because I think everybody should try, you know, try it before you go one way or another. But I'm probably not going to have a bottle of this on the shelf if the good folks at Drop Time didn't send us one. So thank you again, Dave, for sending this over to us. I appreciate that. I wonder what it was like before the, the brandy finish went into it, though. Because when I get flashes of young juice the flashes i get are good and then it just turns and does something and i don't know could be totally wrong but at least my first thought is well if the profile changes that you know much of a u-turn almost then i think it's the finish that kind of threw it off and i wonder how the juice was on its own you know there are plenty of people putting out young mgp that's plenty palatable yeah true and we've seen what two and four year stuff that what well, wasn't rough on the palate by any means so you're almost going the other way, saying that they should take the brandy out of it 
I would, but I mean, honestly, there's not much that I've ever had finished that I really was a big fan of. But again, I don't have the knowledge to know of all these different products out there that you can buy barrels of what's going to be the best. My first thought, even though I'm not a big rum fan, was if I'm trying to take young bourbon or whiskey and finish it in something, I would think a rum cask would be good because that's going to add the sugars that aren't quite there and developed yet and, make, and add a sweetness to it. Is there a rum-finished bourbon? I mean, you can buy a rum cask is all I know. Maybe it's an experiment we have to do. Let's buy a rum cask and throw a, a shit ton of bourbon in there. <laughs> you buy the juice, I'll help drink it. And <laughs> <Yeah>. the barrel. <laughs> well, no, I mean, maybe it's another thing like our Four Roses experiment. It's like, hey, yeah. why, don't we, why don't we get a bunch of uh, other stuff and go ahead and put it in a rum cask and see... It's like something that's overly sweet versus overly drying would be more complimentary. Brandy is something that is going to make your mouth drier than... Say a rum. Thoughts of Zeke Baker on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. So what's your final verdict on this one? I guess bar to pass. Um, I feel like it's young juice that's on its way. I just almost feel like the finish hindered more than it extenuated the profile. Or at least it's not places that my palate get into. There's something right in the middle of my tongue. I mean, you've seen me sipping it. And it just kind of puckers me up real bad. I don't I don't know. It just hits a, a chord. So. I thought that was your sciatica. That's in my leg. Well, you know, I'm just saying, I thought that made you pucker your mouth. Anyways, thank you again to Dave from Drop Time Spirits for sending this our way. We're appreciative and thank you for allowing us to give an open, honest review. Please go ahead and give an open, honest review to us on your favorite podcast app. We appreciate that. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Zeke. Where else can the folks find us? Well, I was going to say, you know, when you're at the uh, the Tiki cocktail thing coming up here in a few days at the Nashville Cocktail Fest, maybe you should ask them about mixing in younger whiskeys in a rum-type product and, and what would come out of it. Maybe you should come with me and ask, too. I don't own one of those shirts, though. I don't own one. You own one of them. We have pictures on the thing. <laughs> don't try to act like I don't own... So, for the record, I don't own one of those shirts. I own fishing shirts and button-down cowboy shirts. And Zeke is the one who owns Hawaiian shirts. I have one from a luau from my second year of pharmacy school, which would have been 2004. Oh, old man, that thing still fits. Do you still wear it? Well, you only use one button in the middle. (laughs) Cheers. Ciao.